1: week's games in the NFL, this is Opening Lines with Jonathan Montobel and Matt Humans on v Send, the Sports Betting
2: Network. Welcome in. Week 17 essentially in the books right now, and we have one more week left in the regular season. That's right, the first year, of course, where we get 17 regular season games in the National Football League, so nothing has been decided when it comes to the race for the postseason. We got a lot to get to on this edition of the opening lines coming up 30 minutes from now. we gonna have Chuck Esposito with us as we look ahead to next week. Interesting situations in the National Football League. Teams to play for something, teams that don't. We know what the situation is in a lot of these last regular season weeks. And in the next hour, Dan Saley, professional handicapper, will join us as we look ahead to the College Football National Championship. What's up, man? Two games left in the college football season. Yes, that's it. One of them's I was surprised. I was looking. I was like, "Why is there a random LSU Kansas <laughs> a ran- State game a on Tuesday A random
3: bowl game in Texas on <laughs> Tuesday night? And then we have the national championship Whoa, hey. on deck a week from Monday. Those
2: are heralded bowls, all right? Don't talk smack about the bowls. Got to play in all. I of love them. the bowls. You got to honor every single one. I love the bowl
3: season. Uh, I would not. I would not opt out as a player or a handicapper. A uh, also, uh, we've got after tonight, JVT. We're wrapping this up. Packers thirty, Vikings ten. Eight and a half minutes to go. So the Packers are going to clinch the number one seed in the nfc and after tonight we have a total of 17 regular season games remaining yep
2: yes indeed we have a monday night game and then of course next week and uh, an interesting looking week as well because remember there will be two games flexed into saturday i don't think we have yet to see uh, what those games are so we'll see what that's going to be like but regardless everything happening on saturday and sunday in the national football league so let's get to the opening lines for next week and as we go through we'll remind you of course all the playoff scenarios of what each game holds what it means for every single team. So as humans mentioned, as we start for next week, well, the green Bay Packers look like they're going to have nothing to play for here up 30 to 10 with less than eight minutes left to go in this game. Should me, nine minutes left to go in this game against Minnesota. So a look ahead line of green Bay Packers minus 11. Well, that has now been adjusted to Detroit minus two <laughs> at home against the green Bay Packers as they will wrap up the number one overall seed here in the NFC and have nothing to play for next week. So we go from there to a big one. New England Patriots at the Miami Dolphins. Look ahead was New England minus two and a half. Revenge from week one uh, when the New England Patriots were going in to actually win this game. I'm not bitter. I still remember it. Uh, and Damian Harris fumbled the ball as the uh, Green Bay Packers scored a touchdown to go up 36 10, extra point pending. Now it's New England minus six against the Miami Dolphins. Scenarios for New England. Can clinch the AFC East with the win and the Buffalo lost can still clinch the number one overall seed with a win, Buffalo, Tennessee, Kansas City losses as well, Matt. Mm, Probably not going to happen. I mean, probably, yes, but still can happen. (laughs) I don't think.
3: Still plenty to play for. I don't think all three of those teams are going to lose, especially the Chiefs in week 18. But the uh, Patriots, I think, uh, have got to be looking at this as a payback game. In week one, they were flat at home against the Dolphins, and uh, that's the reason uh, that that game might prevent them from winning the division. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, I'll am I'm. never forget it. But, by the
2: way, the, the, the Dolphins is weird. They play a real team and all of a sudden look completely different today, huh?
3: Yeah, you know what? It's <laughs> it's interesting. You watch some of these pregame shows in the morning, and I, I was watching a Fox show, and Charles, oh, no. Charles Woodson was on there, and he said the Dolphins are going to win out and roll into the playoffs. I'm like, man, that's such a bad prediction. Got eliminated four hours later. Yeah, because, first of all, the Dolphins probably not going to win this game today at Tennessee. Then they're going to be dogs to the Patriots in Week 18. Mm-hmm. I don't think a, a whole lot of uh, – Planning or thought really goes into some of the pregame shows. Uh, I don't want to go off on a tangent here, but yeah. uh, I'll, I'll do it later. I, I, I think it's amazing. That's one reason why what we do at VSN I think is valuable to a lot of betters who are serious about this. Those pregame shows are garbage yes. on Fox and CBS, and man, embarrassing. Uh, hopefully, we're doing a much better job at VSN. We're not perfect,
2: but I think we. I like yeah. to think that. Uh... We give you an edge. <laughs> all right, we move on from there. A couple of other games. Now, Indianapolis Colts will play the Jacksonville Jaguars. Big missed opportunity for the Indianapolis Colts today. A win would have put them into the postseason, uh, but they do not. So, they go into next week, need a game win to clinch a playoff berth. There's also other things that they can do, but they can clinch a playoff berth despite a loss with a couple of losses out there, all those things. But the simple scenario here, Win and you're in if you're the Indianapolis Colts. Look ahead was 8.5 against Jacksonville. Reopens 14.5 this coming week for the Colts on the road against the Jags. And then the Bills, simple enough for them too. Look at 17, reopen
3: 17 in terms of the spread for them. Clinch
2: the AFC East with a victory over the lowly New York Jets. That's all you got
3: to do. Hey, the, the lowly Jets actually were pretty competitive today That's and right. should have beat the uh, Buccaneers. Our Jets should have closed out that game. And uh, that would have been a huge result for the books if you get the Jets to win that game today instead they found a way to cough it up, and Tom Brady pulled it out in the end. I still think these numbers might be a little bit high. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know the Bills need to win, the Colts need to win, but when you're talking about covering 17 or 14 and a half in the NFL, it's not that simple. I will, I will not back the Jaguars under any any circumstances, and I've been saying this for several weeks. You, you really got to, if you got to pump up any numbers, you got to pump it up on the Jaguars. Yep. The, they look like an XFL team at this point. Trevor Lawrence is bad. not even as good as Tim Boyle yep. right now. He, he is a bad quarterback. So the Jaguars, I, I think, have been unbettable for several weeks. Yep. And uh, by the way, this is the game in Jacksonville that kicked off the two, 2020 season when the Colts went to Jacksonville and got beat. And eliminated Brent Musburger from the Circus Survivor. That's correct. And a lot of other
2: people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we go from there. This is an interesting number, and this is an interesting game on the surface just at this moment right now, only because it looks like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have nothing to play for except for seeding, right? One of the two, three, or four. They've locked into the NFC South. The Packers are about to win the number one seed in the uh, mm-hmm. NFC. Buccaneers look ahead with 16.5 with a total of 43. Reopens Tampa Bay minus nine, so there's still some respect for the Bucs, who, again, don't have anything to play for here unless they want a better seed. And they're taking on Carolina, who... Ugh, Today, got burned by the Panthers. Defense did everything you possibly could think, but uh, ultimately don't get the cover there. And then the Titans next week can clinch the number one overall seed with a win. That's all they got to do. Win, and they get the number one seed in the AFC.
3: That's kind of hard to believe. The Titans at Houston, by the way, they should be able to take care of David Culley and the Texans. Uh, The Texans uh, probably should have covered for you today, but they didn't get there. And uh, now getting 11, it looks like, at the Westgate Superbook. Against the uh, Titans, I'm not really sure what to make of the Bucks situation because I think you got to look a little bit deeper into this and the potential matchups and say what is the incentive for the Buccaneers right. uh, to win this game because I think, um, you know, they might, might be better off resting a bunch of guys.
2: Now, I mean, they're shorthanded, right? They're banged mm-hmm. up. They've the code right. issues. And I would say this, like if you're looking at it from – even if you don't want to because Carolina for me is in that territory. It's like They're, they're unbettable. You could just take nine and be sitting on a pretty good closing yeah. number, right? And by the time we get to kickoff next week
3: and then find a middle in there somewhere for yourself, right? It's possible. I mean, I've seen nine and a halfs all over the board on this game. It wouldn't surprise me if that if that number closed six. Yep. If uh, the Buccaneers decide to sit some guys. So Washington football team of the New York Giants next up. Neither team has
2: anything to play for. Uh, we will hear from Joe Judge later in the, pro- the program, uh, a fascinating character who is on the hot seat very much so. Football team, after losing to the Philadelphia Eagles today, look-ahead was four with a total of 41, reopened six-and-a-half today. And then you get New Orleans on the road against the Atlanta Falcons. Look-ahead was three-and-a-half with a total of 42, reopened New Orleans minus four-and-a-half scenario here for New Orleans. can clinch a playoff berth with a win mm. and a San Francisco and Minnesota loss, or they get into the postseason with a Philly loss and Minnesota's got to win week 17 and 18. I don't think that's going to happen. So you need a Minnesota loss and a San Francisco loss on top of taking care of business against Atlanta if you are New Orleans. And the Vikings play the Bears, and you would assume Kirk Cousins is going to be
3: back for the Vikings.
2: Uh, you would assume, but uh, unless they're going to stage a twenty-seven point comeback here, because they need the Vikings to win this game and next week. Yeah, that game's, yeah. This game's <laughs> over.
3: Thirty-seven to ten, Packers lead now with uh, seven and a half minutes to go. And uh, you know when you're talking about the uh, talking about the Dallas Philly game. Uh, I don't want to pat myself on the back and pat you on the back here, but uh, we were both on the Cardinals today. Yes, very much. And so. I sniffed out, I sniffed out a skunk with the Cowboys this week. Uh, I think you know when when you're betting the NFL, if you're going to be successful, you have to take a contrarian mindset a lot of times and an underdog mindset, and you also have to look at the market. And as you, as you mentioned early in the week, and I completely agreed the the market was uh, getting too high on the Cowboys and getting too down. It was too low on the Cardinals, and you know the the popular perception out there was, "Well, the Cardinals stink. They're done. They're yep. finished." And uh, the Cowboys are hot right now. Terry, Terry Bradshaw on the Fox pregame show today said, "The Cowboys are playing the best football of any team in the league." But I don't know what league you're watching, Terry. Right. It's not the same league I'm watching. Their huh? offense has been atrocious.
2: Yeah, right. They, they dropped fifty six points thanks to some terrible play by the Washington Football Team offense and special teams, by right. the way. Right. right. But then, if you actually watch what the statistical output has been of Dak Prescott in this unit, it has not been good, and that no. popped up again here today. Right. It's funny. I saw. I was watching the broadcast. I think it was uh, was it Joe Buck? It was like the Cowboys come storming back from down 22 to seven, like 22 to seven. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, something that you have pointed out multiple times, uh, not very trustworthy, Mike McCarthy and his foolishness with his timeouts cost him an opportunity in this game. There was in the there was a potential fumble uh, by the Arizona Cardinals right before the two-minute warning. Challengeable, multiple replays showed that they probably would have won the challenge, but mm-hmm. they had no timeouts left to challenge the play.
3: Mm-hmm. Well. I've said it many times, when Mike McCarthy, did you show him on the sideline wearing that hat, the blue hat with the white D, the D doesn't stand for Dallas. When McCarthy wears it, it stands for doofus. Yes, it does. Yeah. Now, speaking of the Dallas
2: Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles, this is actually a really interesting game because this Minnesota Green Bay game today, well, it's got more implications than just one. Because if the Vikings Mm -hmm. lose this game, well, that means the Philadelphia Eagles are in the postseason. So they're going to clinch a playoff berth here in a couple of minutes. So Philly really has nothing to play for. They're into the dance. They can't really improve their seating and be like one by one spot. And Dallas, they're not going to get the number one overall seed because of the loss they took today. So it'll be pretty interesting to see maybe a version of a preseason game between these two. But... More than likely, unless barring a miracle from God here, in the next six minutes of game time, the, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> right? the Eagles and Cowboys are going to have nothing to play for. But regardless, Cowboys look at three and a half with a total of 44 and a half. Dallas reopens one and a half. So it'll be interesting to see what the number does there. And then we get to the AFC North matchup quickly here, humans. Pittsburgh Steelers at the Baltimore Ravens. Both teams still alive for the postseason. Now. Pittsburgh still has to win over Cleveland here in week 17. They also have to beat Baltimore next week, and they need the Colts to lose. As far as the Ravens are concerned, they can clinch a playoff berth if they win over Pittsburgh, and they need the Colts, Dolphins, and Chargers to lose in week 18. Colts probably
3: not going to lose.
2: I would hope not. I would hope not. Being but, a guy with a 40 one ticket on the Colts and, a fa- <laughs> and being a fan of the We've team, seen some know.
3: long shots come in, though. You never yep. know for sure. And I will say the the game I'm most... Hyped for in week 18. Going to be right here in Vegas. That's right. Chargers and Raiders. Winner goes to the playoffs. Yep, let's talk about that on the other side. And, uh, hey, the door doesn't shut on the Raiders either if they
2: lose the game. So we'll talk about that wild playoff scenarios in every single one of these games almost next week in the National Football League. We'll walk through all those and more when we come back here on The Opening Lines.
0: is opening lines
1: with Charles Vontobal and Matt Humans on VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: Hey, if you missed any part of this show or anything on the VCN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Get replays of all the shows download and listen on your schedule. Go to vcn.com slash podcast, get beating the book. Market Insights, Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, Coast to Coast, Hoops, and a lot more. All free and available now at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. All right.
2: Welcome back in. We got a lot to get to here in the opening lines. Humans teased it, so let's talk about it. It is, out of all the games, the one that has piqued my interest the most in terms of where the number has gone. Matt Humans. the Los Angeles Chargers on the road against the Las Vegas Raiders. Playoff scenario for both of these teams. They both control their destiny. Win and you are in. It is that simple for both of these clubs and AFC West rivals. Now, the Raiders have a little bit more wiggle room. They can still clinch a playoff berth with an Indianapolis loss. Pittsburgh needs to lose, though, tomorrow and next week for the Raiders to be able to mm-hmm. lose this game and still make it into the postseason. So keep that in mind as you look at this. But look ahead with Chargers 2.5 on the road against the Raiders. Now it reopens at 3. And I got to tell you, like, congrats on beating the COVID-shorthanded Denver Broncos. Still don't know if I trust this Chargers team. Newman said on the road against the Las Vegas Raiders, who, you know, still play relatively solid football. Derek Carr again today, when it's the, when the chips
3: are on the table, delivered. Well, I guess he did. Yeah. He threw a couple picks in the game. He there. did. Oh, the Carr, one to Darius Leonard was man. atrocious. Well, that was a great play by Darius <laughs> Leonard, too, man. That guy's one of the best players in the league. Uh, you got to love Darius Leonard. Uh, I, I I didn't love the way Derek Carr played today, but he did enough to uh, get the Raiders to the win column. That's kind of been the story of the last three weeks. Mm-hmm. Carr was not great at Cleveland. He was not great last week at home when the Raiders squeaked out that game. And uh, he was not great today in Indianapolis. But again, the Raiders were good enough to uh, win three in a row. I kind of lean uh, to the home dog here. I you know, I, I lean to home dogs anyway, but uh, the Raiders at plus three I think is uh, going to be a play for me this week. Yep, I would agree. And also,
2: a team catching three, this is, again, this is really interesting, and this is where I think Week 18 takes a somewhat preseason-esque vibe to it, right? Where it's like, hey, pay attention to what some of these teams are saying. You're right, Listen to press conferences because the information will be out there on how teams are maybe expecting to handle games like this in Week 18. Case in point, the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals today clinched the AFC North. They are in the postseason. They're going to get a home game here. However, the door is still open for Cincinnati to win the number one overall seed next week. They need Tennessee, Kansas City, and New England to lose, or they can win Kansas City, Tennessee losses in a Buffalo win. Right? Regardless, just sounds like the Patriots just can't win the AFC East. Then you need Tennessee and Kansas City to lose those games. And boom, just like that with the win over Cleveland, the Bengals are the number one overall seed in the AFC. But... As you have kind of mentioned when we were talking about the other teams, right? That's a lot that has to happen for Cincinnati. Do you actually risk it and you throw your guys out there in what could be a meaningless game to try to win it and the chances that those other things happen? Or do they just rest guys because they know that they're in?
3: Yeah, I, I would tend to uh, see play guys in the first half and do some scoreboard watching and yeah. see, how, see how things are developing around the league. When, when we talk about the Raiders, something's wrong with the Raiders' offense. And, and it did look a little bit better today, especially that first uh, drive That scripted drive by Greg Olson was really good. Yeah. I thought Derek Carr executed executed everything uh, efficiently on that first drive. But after that, the Raiders didn't do a whole lot for a while. If you go back to the Raiders lost to Washington on December 5th, here's another thing. The Raiders have not been that great at home. I thought they were going to be a lot better at home. Yep. They've lost to the Bears, Washington. Uh, they've got a couple of bad losses. So their
2: offense would be better at home. Right? They got blown like,
3: out by the Bengals yep. at home. Yeah, home. Their offense has not been... That good. You go back to uh, December 5th, the Raiders at home scored 15 points against Washington. The next week, nine at Kansas City. Then 16 at Cleveland. Last week, 17 against the Broncos. And uh, today you get 23 against the Colts. But uh, the Raiders have not been that impressive offensively. I I still lean to the uh, home dog at three. I was a little bit surprised. I, I thought the number in this game should be like Chargers one and a half. Yep.
2: Yep, yeah, I, would, I would agree with that. So we'll see where the market – and the market, too, by the way, should note, uh, right now it has come off of three multiple spots. We're talking about two-and-a-halfs with altered juice or threes with altered juice out there. Uh, there is one shop out there that is carrying the full three, and that would be at the Westgate. So, again, charges minus three. I would expect that the market heads toward the Raiders' side, but we've seen crazier things from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, with that, we head further down the rotation as we're going through an order, uh, Seattle and Arizona. So let's talk about this pretty quickly because Arizona, if you look at the playoff scenarios for the Cardinals, again – There's something there for them to play for, but they need something else to happen. They can actually still win the NFC West, but they have to win, and the Rams have to lose. Now, that's actually perfectly plausible because the Rams are taking on an opponent in San Francisco. We'll get to all their scenarios, but they have something to play for in a very big way. So if you look at this, you would expect that the Cardinals are going to roll everybody out there and try to win a game, especially Mm -hmm. with recent play. Yes, they get the win in Dallas, but that snaps a three-game losing streak. I don't think you want to go into the postseason one
3: and four in your last five, but that's just me. No, I I think you're right about that. That's one of the things I think is really underrated, and I'm not sure how much coaches think about it. I'm sure Cliff Kingsbury is going to be thinking about, hey, we just beat Dallas. We've got some momentum. We want to go into the playoffs on a roll. I'm going to play my guys Mm -hmm. here in Week 18. We want to win this game, beat the Seahawks, and roll into the playoffs. Uh, You know, when you're talking about a team like the Packers, number one seed, we just talked about the 13-point line differential. The look-ahead line was uh, Packers minus 11 at Detroit. Mm-hmm. Now that they've clinched the top seed, Detroit is a two and a half, two, a two point favorite. You wouldn't think the Packers are going to play many guy, many frontline guys at Detroit, right? Mm-hmm. But they also uh, are going to have a bye week. So you got week eighteen, you guys are going to be sitting out. Mm-hmm. Then you got a bye week. You really want to go like three weeks without guys? Yeah, you know. Um, How many times have we seen that brought guys in action? Yeah, And then you come out a little bit flat in your first playoff game and it could be over. Just like that. So I always, I, I think if, unless a guy's really got an injury and needs to sit, I would play most guys in week 18. I think that's what the Cardinals should do.
2: Yes. And especially when there is still a fleeting chance that you can win your division. So again, for those who are just joining us to reiterate, the Cardinals can clinch the NFC West with a win and the Rams lost. Not in contention, by the way, for the number one overall seat. That has been all but done for the Arizona Cardinals. Then you go to the Kansas City Chiefs. This is one of the bigger adjustments, right, that we've seen. Kansas City, look ahead was three with a total of 43.5. Reopens Kansas City minus 10 against the Denver Broncos. They clinched the number one seed with a win and a Tennessee Titans loss. So, Chiefs, who have clinched their division or into the postseason, still have something to play for here. And it also seems that uh, this Broncos team, you don't want to say dead in the water, but um, there is not much fight left, it seems, for the Denver Broncos. And this offense under Drew Locke looks pretty lost. Yeah, I think that's an understatement. (laughs) <laughs> 18 first down, 3 of 11 on third down, 1 of 4 on
3: fourth down in this game. It was just all bad. And man. did you watch that offense the previous week in Vegas? I did. Yeah, it Drew, was not very good. Drew Locke is um, a really hard quarterback to bet on at this point. And I think the the incentive with the Chiefs off the loss today in Cincinnati and the fact that they need to win this game uh, to me it would be KC or pass. I would say if you like KC, lay the 10 that's out there right now because I, I think that's going to 10.5 or 11. Vic Fangio, final game as Broncos coach this week. It's got to so, be. Yeah, I think there's, so? there's no way. And you know, I I like Vic Fangio a lot as a defensive coordinator. Yeah. But some guys need to be OCs or DFIs, DCs, and not the head coach. Yep. And he's clearly a guy who just can't make the right decisions as a head coach. So uh, yeah. we'll see where the Broncos go from here. But probably got to they got to find a quarterback and a coach to lead the well, franchise. Here's the thing:
2: if if you read the in and there is a chance that they are still. There's a high probability that Aaron Rodgers is right, playing quarterback at Mile High. I don't think you want to roll into the next season with Vic Fangio as the guy that's his head
3: coach. Well, Rodgers is not going there if Fangio is a head coach. Right, that's what I'm saying. So I think you're cleaning shop, but <laughs> I think you're, you're finding an offensive guy. And don't and... forget about Russell Wilson, too. I know that Russ yep. said that, you know, I'm happy in Seattle. A lot of that stuff's just BS. You're just saying that to get the media off your back and get the fans in your corner. Uh, Russell Wilson wants out, and the Broncos are going to try to make a big play for him as well. Yep.
2: All right, so uh, one more game on the board to get to here as we've gone through the rotation of all the opening lines of the playoff scenarios for a lot of these teams. San Francisco 49ers on the road against the Los Angeles Rams. Look ahead with 6.5 with a total of 44.5. Opens up again today, Los Angeles Rams minus 6. Playoff scenarios for both teams. San Francisco clinches a playoff berth with a win or a New Orleans loss or a Philadelphia loss with a New Orleans win, And Minnesota needs to win week 17 and 18. I don't think that's going to happen with a minute 15 left to go in this game. So essentially winning you're in for San Francisco, Mm -hmm. Los Angeles, they can win the NFC West with the win or if Arizona loses. So things on the line for both of these teams, you're going to get a full played game here from both squads. And I would expect that these sixes are going to start to disappear even more. And they are actually, there's five and a half on the board, pretty much everywhere.
3: No, I I think you said it. Well, can you explain that playoff scenario again? You confused me. I'm okay. So I'm joking. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, I, like, I got him, I got him. I got him
2: all written down in my notes.
3: <laughs> I think this is one of the better games of Week 18, too. Yes. Niners and Rams. we Are going to see Jimmy G at quarterback? I, I don't think so. I think he's undergoing surgery, correct? Yeah, he's yeah. done. Uh, uh, Trey Lance, not very impressive. No. Uh, today he, uh, He's just not ready to win and beat good teams as a starting quarterback in the NFL, and that's my problem, I think, with the Niners. At this point, uh, but man, Matthew Stafford again today. Oh, just boy. Threw a hideous. It was beautiful pick. in the
2: sa- Oh, is that what you're talking about? Okay. <laughs> no, They are I... talking about the perfect second half, which he completed every single pass. Yeah,
3: uh, I like to focus on the negative.
2: <laughs> no, he was very bad. <laughs> I wanna, I wanna Three turnovers. At the first
3: yeah, the decision making is atrocious. He's he's doing it consistently. <laughs> and the Rams were lucky to win today in Baltimore. Uh, it seemed like the Ravens should have won that game. But anyway, uh, do we know yet what games are going to be on Saturday?
2: Uh, let me double check and I'll have okay. the answer on the other side. By the way, uh, let's just really quickly 49ers, betters. Congratulations. Ridiculous. I, I wouldn't say ridiculous cover, but uh they like you said. Dave Culley doesn't, I don't know what's going on there. Down double digits punting with less than six, seven minutes left to go. It's, it's asinine. All right, we'll come back. Chuck Esposito is going to be with us here on the opening line.
1: is opening lines with John Osavon and Matt
3: Humans on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hey, save 50% off a VSIN all access subscription for the rest of the football season with our big game special. We get access to in depth matchup analysis, mm-hmm. trends, picks for every game and sport on the schedule. Sign up today. Also, get our daily best bet emails, weekly betting guides, 24 7 video, and a lot more. $39 at V-SEN.com. So, Slash subscribe. All right, let's. Let's send it out to a guy who's re- often referred to as the Antonio Brown of Las Vegas Sportsbook Directors.
2: Hey, I don't think uh, that's a compliment. No, that's a joke. A wild card. Huh? Chuck Esposito is with <laughs> us, director of the Red Rock Sportsbook. Uh, Chuck, uh, so how well, was, how was the day? We
1: have to talk to you, JVT, the rest
2: of the night. <laughs> <laughs> Might be insulting. So how how was the day? Because uh, favorites, uh, in from a straight-up perspective, took care of business, but not so much from an ATS standpoint. It seemed like an odd day, but for you, how did it go?
1: It went pretty good. I mean, overall, it was a good decisions today. I think with um, you know the, the Raiders winning outright and the Cards winning outright were both really good for our side of the counter. And then having the Jets, Washington, and uh, the Ravens all cover were also good. Had the Jets been able to win that game outright, it would have been great. Um, you know, a really really great day. Unfortunately, you give some of it back tonight with uh, with the Packers and over. Um, but overall, a pretty good day. And then I guess the the, the Joe Judge of uh, you know sports. Uh, Interviewers and broadcasters, Matt, humans can can jump in now and can jump something.
3: <laughs> Joe Judge uh, sounded worse than Judge Judy today in his postgame uh, uh, rant. Worst about compliment
2: the if he called you Ben McAdoo or if he called you Joe oh, Judge? Boy, ben McAdoo. <laughs> he, he
3: was a he was That's a disaster rough, boys. as well. We we've got some Joe Judge clips that are priceless. We're gonna play them, Try to play them tonight and uh, on uh, tomorrow afternoon show. We have to get to that. But uh, uh, Chuck, I did want to ask you about uh, so the Packers. Uh, clinched the number one seed in the NFC with this win tonight. They're running away with it against the Vikings, uh, so they don't have to play Aaron Rodgers and some front-line guys at Detroit next week. The look-ahead line was Packers minus 11. So now we're going to see the Lions favored over the Packers in week 18, right?
1: Yeah, you you might see the Lions 11. I mean, there's (laughs) there's no reason, you know, especially with Rodgers in that toe, um, to give him, you know, two complete weeks off, I think it's huge, and I still think, guys, and I know we've talked about it, that it is by far, I think, the toughest place for any visiting opponent to go play in all sports is Lambeau. Um, So to give them that advantage and to be at home, and we saw the weather tonight, and for any team that has to go play there in late January, I think it's a huge, huge plus. Uh, for the Green Bay Packers to be the number one seed in the NFC.
2: Well, And, and Chuck, I mean, the, the picture around them seems to be getting a little bit easier too, right? I mean, Michael Gallup unfortunately lost to a knee injury for the Dallas Cowboys today. Antonio Brown, of course, as we know, is not with the, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so that's one less weapon for Tom Brady. And the Chiefs aren't the one seed on the other side of the bracket right now either, so it seems like everything's coming to Packers.
1: Yeah, it does. I mean, I think you look in the, at the AFC guys, and it really falls into place for the Titans. You have to remember that when they were – kind of healthy although they did didn't have henry in that game against the rams they're still a team that beat the bills the chiefs and the rams uh beat the colts twice that extra week for them might be huge too because you could get a julio jones back you could get a derrick henry back and some of those other pieces but you're right i mean both kind of you know think they they need to happen to really favor green bay did Gallup's a good player, but Tedric Wilson can jump into that role. I think for the Bucs, I mean, the loss of Chris Godwin is a huge loss for them. I think that's been the big difference maker on that offense. I thought the Cowboys were good. I still think defensively they can play really good, and I think the Cowboys would probably right now, for me, the toughest test for the Packers.
3: Yeah, the uh, Buccaneers were lucky to escape yep. New York with a win today over the Jets, really lucky. And um uh... Uh, they are going to be home in uh, week 18, the Buccaneers. And uh, what was what was that number, JBT Tampa Bay?
2: Yeah. Uh, let's see. I got the Buccaneers today. Um, we're talking about, let me see. I got you two no, I seconds. Had, I just lost it. Me two, too. Uh, nine and a half. At, yeah, I was right? going to say, look at 16 and a half, and then reopen nine.
3: Yeah, down from 16 and a half to nine against uh, Carolina. All right, Chuck. So it looks like we're going to have, uh, we got two games on Saturday this week. And then uh, Sunday night, you heard a rumor. We're trying to solidify this. So it looks like the. The Saints and the Falcons are going to be in action, we believe, on Saturday. And also the Niners and the Rams game might be a Saturday game as well. Is that what you've heard?
1: That's what I've heard, Matt. I haven't – nothing that's confirmed or finalized. But, you know, when you think about it, it does make the most sense. If the Saints and Falcons are first and, and the Saints win that game, it becomes a game that both kind of the Rams and 49ers are playing or something in the late game on Saturday, I was kind of surprised they flexed two games on Saturday. But that's what I'm kind of hearing right now, and I think it makes the most sense. And then we thought all along that if the Raiders could win today and the Chargers won, um, the game that would make the most sense to flex Sunday night would be in our own backyard at Allegiant with the, with the Chargers against the Raiders, knowing that whoever wins that game would be in. So that's kind of what I'm hearing right now, uh, the, the NFC West uh, two, two matchups on Saturday and then uh, the AFC West, uh, Raiders-Chargers on Sunday night. But, again, nothing confirmed yet.
3: All right, that would be a monster game in Vegas next Sunday night. If that's the case, Chargers-Raiders, I believe that would be game number 272 of the NFL regular season, right? Yes. It would be 256. If your math is correct. Yeah, it would be 272. So, uh, Chuck, do the Chargers deserve to be full three-point favorites in Vegas next Sunday night? We're seeing two-and-a-half and three on the screen.
1: I don't think so. I mean, I mean, they have a bad loss a couple of weeks ago uh, to the Texans. They shouldn't even be in this position. Um, you know, the Raiders, they, they won the first Monday night game of the season against the Ravens. They, they may have an opportunity to close out the season and make the playoffs with a win at home on primetime against the Chargers. They did give the Raiders their first loss. You remember earlier in the season, Raiders were undefeated. They played on primetime in L.A. against the Chargers and were kind of beat handily that night. But I think it's the Chargers are a three-point favorite you're going to see a lot of Raider money come in. Maybe there's a shot that Waller plays in that game as well.
2: So Chuck, I'm really curious just your your mindset and how you guys operate in a situation like a week eighteen or what used to be week seventeen. Uh, because results, and we don't know how these teams are operating. Like I told you, it's almost like a faux preseason type of deal when it comes to these. Information is really key, but you also have a lot of things developing day of. You mentioned the San Francisco 49ers-Rams, right? A one game, one result, and all of a sudden the 49ers don't have anything to play for. The Bengals, how they'll handle it with a outside shot at the number one overall seed. What does the final week of a regular season look like for you from an operations standpoint?
1: It's going to be quite different. We were talking about it a lot today, guys. Um, Jason and I were, and, and just it's it's a little bit strange, I think, because... I don't know. Teams that aren't really playing for anything but can maybe improve their seeding. does it really matter? Um, Does Cincinnati want to go into the playoffs playing good? We've seen that, though, with teams in the past, too. They kind of rest everybody in the playoffs, and then they're not as fresh the following week. Yet You don't want to see guys get hurt. Burrow got hurt at the end of today's game. Um, I don't know. You're going to see a lot of games in a circle. You may see some pro football games put up later in the week. You may see a lot of games taken down sooner and really fast line movement um, as information comes out. It's going to be really fluid. I had hoped with week 18 and the additional wild card spots in each conference that you'd have a lot more games that meant something. Unfortunately, that's just not the case this year.
3: Yeah, you're right about that. And uh, it's going to be interesting. You have to pay close attention to what the coaches are saying early in the Mm -hmm. week about how they're going to handle uh, these games. Chuck, how about Cowboys Eagles? Uh, What, what, might that game mean? It might mean nothing, right, for each side. And the Cowboys right now, one-and-a-half-point favorites at Philly in Week 18. I,
1: I don't think it does mean anything, Matt. I, I think the Eagles are in and, and, and the Cowboys are in, and the Cowboys get the number one seed. So I don't know at this point uh, what, what to make of that game. Um, you know, Hurts has been a little bit banged up, too. Do you, do you risk playing him and getting injured? Cowboys lost Gallup today, although I think Cedric Wilson can, can go into that spot. Uh, zeke's been banged up a lot this year so that's one of those games that you know I, I think you could see a lot of guys sit if you remember last year going into the final week there was so many smoke screens and and bad information out there where teams were saying we are playing all our guys and by the time the week rolled around it was the exact opposite so in a game like that where maybe only the boys could somewhat improve their seating being I mean, okay if you're number two seed And if the Packers happen to get beat in their first playoff game, you could then be the number one seed and host an NFC championship game. But outside of that, is it worth the risk of getting a key player injured? So I think you're going to see a lot of kind of strange lines and a lot of movement that happens. And uh, until we get some definitive kind of answers, if they're even the truth, I think it's going to be really difficult this week for both sides.
3: Yeah, NBC just announced the broadcast schedule for NFL Week 18 and I I really couldn't believe what I saw on the screen. No. Did, you, did you see this? No. Uh, so it appears Chuck oh, that man. Saturday night is going to be Cowboys-Eagles. <laughs> what? Why? I'm not sure. Boy, we, that's why when I looked up we were talking about that game I said that can't be right. That wouldn't be a Saturday a featured Saturday yeah, night. And Chief, Chiefs Broncos. I don't think it
1: means anything to either team guys. I, I really don't. I mean still kind of going through the process and looking at all the scenarios but I don't believe outside of the Cowboys potentially locking down the, the number two seed, that it that they can't be the number one seed. So I don't think it means anything to either team.
2: And it doesn't. The Eagles are locked in. I mean, I guess if the sixth seed or the fifth seed means something to the mm-hmm. to the Philadelphia Eagles, maybe that's something about it. But that's weird. Yeah, and the early confirmed. game on Saturday yeah, it is confirmed as well as we talked about Chiefs and Broncos, which is another one of those interesting games because Chiefs up to a 10-point favorite. Hey, Chuck, we're up against it, but it's good to talk to you, man. Thank you very much for the time.
1: All right. Thanks, guys. You
2: too. Yep, you got it. And uh, as we expected, because it is the one game where winner take all, no matter what happens, Chargers-Raiders Sunday night football. Uh, so that'll be a good one. one. That's a good one. All right. We'll come back. We have plenty to get to. We have, to have a lot to dive into in terms of some of these numbers. We also have an opening line in college football that we have to get to. Today. College football national championship and a rematch of the SEC title game. Is the opening lines here on d
0: This is
1: opening lines with Charles Zavontobel and Matt Humans on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: We have a brand new prop tracker available at vsin.com for you to keep up with key NFL props. at to V-SEN.com, get current odds as well as the movement. Each week you follow the trends, find the best value, track the odds for MVP, head coach, rookie of the year, and more. Check out Prop Tracker Betting Splits, Key Trends, Magic Data every game now at slash NFL. And with the NFL season coming to an end, how about this nifty little addition to the website? You go to the NBA section. Right? Not jbt slash JVT. You should check it out. We have, because it's 2022, a COVID tracker for all of the games in the NBA. How about that, huh? Are you serious? Yes. Absolutely serious. Okay. New addition to the website. So
3: That's a lot of goes. information you have to stay on top of every day in the NBA. Yes. No doubt about that. A couple of tweets to read here. Rich Eisen from the NFL Network. The Raiders are incredible. Three straight wins now with a huge home date with the Chargers on Sunday night. It could be a winner-in, loser-out final game of the season. I don't know about incredible, but. Raiders are incredible, that's what he says. It's a, sh- it's a strong word. Are you second-guessing Rich Eisen? Uh, I mean,
2: Browns, Bron- COVID shorthanded Browns, the Broncos.
3: <laughs> it was a good win today. It's it was a fun. gutsy win, but. Uh... I'll tell you what, they were nearly dead and buried against the Browns. Yes, they and, were. Uh, now alive for a playoff spot. The Raiders are incredible. This is was Rich Eisen. Now, how about Rex Byers at the uh, Westgate Super Bowl? It's going to be a good one. Eagles and Cowboys on Saturday night, preseason football, LMAO. What are we doing here? Find a game that matters.
2: Yeah, it's a rare tweet I agree with. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would agree. Neither has anything to play for there. The Eagles have clinched up their playoff berth. The Cowboys uh, can only improve their seating, have nothing else to play for. Seems meaningless. I don't know why you would put it in a primetime spot on a Saturday.
3: Wes Reynolds of v Sin. Okay. Chargers Raiders rightfully the Sunday night football and NBC spot. Also added, why wouldn't they have picked Niners-Rams for that Cowboys-Eagles spot?
2: Which I agree with, actually. West if you're going to keep Saints uh-huh. and Falcons on Sunday, right? Because the Saints' result directly affects the 49ers. Yes. Why yes. wouldn't you put that game on Saturday? It would not make any sense.
3: Well, uh, that's what I thought was going to happen. Turns out that's not the case. Uh, Disappointing. Wes also tweeted, why wouldn't they have picked the Niners-Rams yep. for that Cowboys-Eagles spot? You, you know, know, Wes Reynolds has tweeted... 255,000 times. Oh, really? Yeah. That's quite a bit. I was trying to, I was trying to uh,
2: quickly find a wrestling tweet. It's like, Wes Reynolds also tweeted, but yeah, couldn't get there in time. Couldn't get there <laughs> in time. All right. We have a lot left to get to in the National Football League, which we'll get back to momentarily. But it is worth noting that we have a title on the line. Man, what a season, Matt Humans! Parody out the wazoo. You never knew what was going to happen every single yeah. week in college football. And it led us all the way back to an SEC title game rematch, Georgia and Alabama yet again, the college football playoff semifinals. Um, they are nothing but a popcorn fart, just dry and nothing worth looking at. So now we get what we kind of all expected to happen. Georgia and Alabama will meet up once again. Difference here is that this is a much different line than the last time that they met up. And you and I, and a group of other V mm-hmm. centers are watching it at the Circ at the stadium swim here at Circa, Georgia, a three point favorite in the rematch. Against Alabama. Now this reopened to two and a half and Circo hung this up early. So you could have been betting on it for a while now, but three is the number at this point
3: right now at a majority of shops. Yeah. The first time these teams played in the sec championship game, I bet Bama plus six and a half and also seven. Tony Miller at the golden nugget went to seven on yeah. that game. Uh, the night before. That's when you went and made fun of that lady who went up and said, give me Georgia. No, no. She was betting the Gonzaga Duke game. Oh, that's right. That's uh, right. Never mind. Yeah, Yeah. You still uh, made fun of an old lady though. I did. Yeah. Well, she wasn't that old. She Fifty, <laughs> anyway. Georgia Bama, part two, Yep. the sequel. Uh, my bets are in. I got Bama plus one thirty and Bama plus three. Got I went ahead and played Bama again. I've, yep. I've got to play Nick Saban against Kirby Smart. If you put Saban in the dog role, I've got to play it. Yeah, I, I would. I would completely agree. And and you got by far the best quarterback
2: on the field. Absolutely. And, and I think that's to me. I was going back to that when you're watching that game. Uh, over the week, or I guess it was on Friday. But when you're watching Stetson Bennett do what he did, 20-30, 3-13, three touchdowns, right? Just just
3: dropping dimes and looking great. That had a lot to do with a really bad Michigan defensive game plan. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. And so I think that's, to me, I go back to
2: that where it's like, look, on one end, I don't think you're going to get that from Stetson Bennett one more time. On the other end, right, when you look at the quarterback play for Michigan, it was not good. But Bryce Young and this Alabama offense are going to be able to do a lot more, right? We Mm -hmm. saw that in that first matchup of the SEC title game. Georgia had not seen an offense like that with the ability to spread them out, to attack downfield, to have a quarterback who's mobile, stretch things out, all of those. Um, Cade McNamara, 11-19, 106, 5.6 per attempt and two interceptions. That's not going to get it done against Georgia, but Bryce Young's a different animal.
3: Yeah, he is. And uh, Bryce Young lit up this Georgia defense. The first time these teams played, Georgia came in with a historically great defense by the numbers. 6.9 Six point nine points per game, two hundred and thirty yards per game. Yep, Bryce Young put up forty-one points, five hundred and forty-six total yards. I don't, I don't know if Bama's is going to be able to uh, light up the Bulldogs' defense like that again, but I, I do know that um, he's got a good shot, Bryce Young, uh, to put up you know twenty-four plus points and give Bama a great shot to win that game. Yep. So.
2: Absolutely. Uh, so with that, that is our rematch between those two, and we also and I don't think I noted, but the total was 52 and a half. It, mm-hmm. it opened 53 at some spots, so still hovering around that. Uh, I would expect maybe uh, kind of in the similar range, right? You know, high, a little bit of a higher scoring game between these two, uh, but at the end of the day, I would agree with the sentiment that Alabama is going to win uh, the national championship this season. Do you have anything on LSU? I am a little bit surprised. It, uh,
3: I got to tell you, I'm a little bit surprised that number opened two and a half was bet up to three. I didn't think yeah. there was going to be that much Georgia support. I was sitting with a a bookmaker Saturday, we were watching the Michigan uh, Georgia game, and I've had a, a really good bowl season, but I blew it on the Michigan game. That was my worst yep. bet of the bowl season. Michigan, you could tell right away, yep. outclassed, didn't show up. Uh, I guess uh, we we're fooled a little bit by the the wins over Ohio State and Iowa, and uh, Georgia dominated that game. I still did not think, even though there was going to be public perception that hey, this Georgia team is what we thought it was. Mm-hmm. You know what we thought all along. I still did not think there was going to be that much betting support for Georgia against Bama to get this number to three. I I just didn't think it would get there. I know it was six and a half the first time, but that was a bad number. Okay? So why is it three uh, in part two? And uh, maybe Georgia's going to show us why next Monday night, but I I don't think so. Kirby Smart's going to have to prove it to me that he can beat Nick Saban. Uh, You know, when you watch guys like Kirby Smart Mike McCarthy – you just don't want to bet on guys like that. And um, haircuts, everything. You give me Nick Saban at plus one thirty or, or Nick, Nick Saban plus three. I'm going to take Bama almost every time.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm well, I'm with you there. Uh, also, for some reason, um, on
3: this Tuesday we get LSU and Kansas State, so the Texas Bowl. Yep. Uh, by the way, LSU apparently is going to play a wide receiver at quarterback in that game. Got several starters out for that game, and uh, apparently practicing with fewer than fifty players right now. So the steam is on K State. You got Deuce Vaughn. You got Skyler Thompson, a great ground attack for K State. I've got uh, three bets on Kansas State in this game on Tuesday. So we can laugh and say, well, why, why is this bowl game on the schedule? Opportunity. Yeah, yeah. It's it's another betting opportunity, and uh, I'm pretty heavy on K State yeah. in this game. LSU opened a two and a half point favorite, by the way, and K State now a four and a half point favorite, uh, with all the negative news about LSU and uh, what's happened. And with that team, since Ed Orgeron uh, departed. Jimmy Ott of ESPN Radio Baton Rouge is going to be <laughs> on with us Tuesday on the Edge to talk about that game Ooh. and the Georgia-Alabama game. Yeah, it
2: was a good weekend. It was a relatively solid weekend. I think the most enjoyable result for me, because I had no skin in the game, uh, was laughing at Notre Dame as they, uh, they blew the Fiesta Bowl wow. against Oklahoma State. Wow.
3: What a performance, huh? I'll tell you what, it looked like Marcus Freeman was going to get off to a great start as, in his debut as ND coach. You're up 28-7. to 7, <laughs> And man, things could not have gone any worse. After that, that was a, uh, I, don't, I don't want to say it was a bad loss, but it was just an ugly way for Marcus Freeman to get started. That scored 23-7 to seven in the second half. Yeah, you get blown out in the second half and blow a 21-point lead. And, yeah, you're, you're, and you're punting when you, when you shouldn't be punting, when you should be no, going No, for no, no, you got to
2: kick. <laughs> Twitter on. says you always got to kick. You always got to kick. Come on now. All right, National Football League. We'll touch back on this really quickly because I think there were a couple of things from today that were worth touching on, you know, right in the grand scheme of things. But uh, some fascinating, fascinating moments from today's. Uh, contest, but I, I wanted to go to Cincinnati and Kansas City because there's a lot that comes from this game. Uh, one, it's the fact that Joe Burrow and this Cincinnati Bengals offense is incredible. They they are extreme they are extremely lethal. Jamar Chase uh, looks like to be already one of the best wide receivers in the National Football League. Everybody's going to think about the the uh, the touchdowns from Jamar Chase. Screw that. Best play of the game, third and 27. That was incredible. Oh, what, that, that was incredible. Incredible. That was the, the ball play placement, the, the catch, everything. It was a play of the game. Yep. It yeah. was absolutely nuts what this yeah. offense was able to do against Kansas City. But there's a couple – at the end of the game, what in the world were the Bengals doing? Fourth and goal, tie mm. game, less than a minute to go, and they're trying to go for it. And uh, before you say the A word out there, mm-hmm. it wasn't. There was analytics, not a single model – there was Lewis. not a single model in the world that was telling the Bengals to go for it on no, that own. Actually, day.
3: analytics said you had a better – uh, you had a kicking better percentage it. chance to win the game by kicking it than going for it. So Zach Taylor, I think, had his math uh, reversed a little mixed in up in that situation. It was, it was definitely the smarter move to uh, run that clock down and kick the field goal on fourth down to win the game. So uh, he got lucky. Zach Taylor got lucky because he really could have screwed that up. Yep. Got to say. Analytics shoot. don't always tell you to go for it. No, they
1: That's don't. That's
2: a misperception. Just like analytics don't say, three, shoot the three. That's not the way it works, man. Um, also, and this is just a very quick point we can expand on later in the week.
3: don't think that Chiefs defense
2: is fixed quite yet.
3: No, it's, you know it's <laughs> I said that last week, too. Yeah. I thought that it was. All
2: right, we'll come back. We have plenty left to get to in the second hour of the opening lines and we'll run through all the playoff scenarios, the opening lines of the games, and then, of course, professional handicapper Dan Salley's is going to be with us get his thoughts on the national championship game. And that question that humans asked, why did Georgia initially get the number move? And now it's sitting at three.